Welcome to Awaken Love, where Christian wives are reclaiming sex. Get ready to break the silence as we engage in respectful conversations, claim God's truth, and hear courageous women share their stories of transformation. I'm Ruth Buses, and I've walked with thousands of women as they've discovered the truth about sex. I want to challenge you to think beyond what you've always been taught. You might be surprised by what God has for you. So I'm just really excited to introduce you to Hannah. And you know, it takes a lot of courage to share your story. And so this is hopefully just going to be a conversation between a couple of friends. Hannah, will you just share a little, maybe just some really general things about your background and where you are in life? Sure. Yes. And I'm excited to be here too. Um, I'm in my late 30s. Um, I have three school-aged children um, and a husband, obviously. (laughs) Um, I love being active. I love reading. And I love just hanging out with my family and my husband. As we dive into the conversation about sex, what 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 was your background with sexuality as far as, I don't know, messages from your family or from the church or even impactful experiences? Sure. Um, I grew up in the church. So a lot of the messages, early messages about sex are um, about purity and the purity, more of the purity culture, that it's something that we lose. And that really affected as I got older. Um, I did have a few impactful experiences when I was younger, as far as playing doctor, things like Mm -hmm. that, that there were some shame about. There was also, I developed really early. So there were some messages I got from like attention I received from that, that definitely left some lasting impacts. Um, As far as like, I was, it was a, I discovered that it was a way to get people to pay attention hmm. to me, whether it was good or bad. So like de- navigating uh, modesty in the church for you f- from a, a younger age became something that you had to deal with. Yes, it did. And attention from older guys, because hmm. I was younger and some even Christian men, you know, nothing that evolved beyond just maybe looks or comments Mm -hmm. but they were still something that I noticed and impacted me for sure did it I don't know did it make you angry at your body or did you like it did you at first definitely more anger and more shame um I spent most of junior high in giant sweatshirts and because then you know there was there was attention at school as well and I was embarrassed of that so there, yeah, there definitely was some feelings of embarrassment and I, I don't know if it was like anger, but a lot of embarrassment. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did your family talk to you about sex at all? Very little. Um, there was, uh, I'm sure there was a talk of where we learned about puberty and bodies, you know, like, but sex, I was very um, confused about as far as that went. And I think I learned the majority of it from books, like books, because my grandma had a very extensive Harlequin. (laughs) 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 And um, I would like go in there to read about it. And I I honestly think that's where I learned a lot about the mechanics of sex. Yeah, that makes sense. What about like, 
I don't know how you met your husband or, or how you kind of transitioned to sex within marriage. Um, I think to, to start, like I had one serious boyfriend in high school and um, we were both, we met in church, but, and so, but we both, there were some lines that were crossed, you know, so there was a lot of shame, Mm -hmm. but there was also because I had this, this, like I believed in God, but I did not accept my worth in God and my identity in God. Mm -hmm. So I felt like God loved me, but when I was doing the right things. And so when I was like in this relationship with this boy and we would do things that I didn't feel like were acceptable, I think that made me separate from God. Mm -hmm. Kind of made you hide. Yes. And I think at the time I thought God was separating from me, but have learned differently. So, and that, that relationship ended badly with him kind of maybe spreading some rumors and stuff, but Mm. Went along with that. I met my husband when I was like at the end of my senior year in high school and he wasn't from church and my parents didn't necessarily approve of him at first, which was part of the appeal. Um, At first I was like young and I was kind of looking to just have fun Mm -hmm. before college. And I really didn't think it would last, (laughs) (laughs) but he honestly was very respectful. He actually, he wasn't necessarily a Christian at the time, but he did believe in God and he really that was what drew him to me was Mm. that that was a big part of who I was now we didn't grow in that for a long time (laughs) um but the foundation was there if that makes sense but it sounds like maybe like even sexually and and how he treated you and respected you yes you felt like he almost honored that more than some of the Christian guys that you had been around yes yes I did And if anything, lines that were crossed were me pushing, you know, Mm -hmm. because like I, you know, we have urges and bodies. And I think some of the messages I had received had given me the idea that, well, I had already done it, so it didn't matter. Sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, I think honestly, we never did actually have sex. We did a lot of other things, but Mm -hmm. um, we never did cross that line. But yeah, it was mostly that he respected anything like as far as he never pushed me once Uh, once you got engaged in marriage and married how did you transition to enjoying sex within marriage because sometimes even when you've enjoyed sex outside of marriage to transition to marriage things can shift oh yeah it was hard we had like I said we had learned how to enjoy our bodies like before we went into marriage which did affect then how sex went because sex like sex sex wasn't a part of it so that it was hard then to actually like transition to that and we actually didn't have sex on our honeymoon um we tried and it like hurt and it just (laughs) and then yeah there was I forgot to take my birth control like the first day and it was just it was kind of just a disaster as far as that went yeah (laughs) I thought it was really bad at the time, but I've heard a lot of stories since where people have a similar experience, which makes me feel better. But it took us like probably two weeks of being married before we finally had sex. And then from then on, we did learn how to enjoy it, but it was very much a separated from God thing. I to enjoy sex. I especially at first, I had to not think about God mm-hmm. and it was very much compartmentalized. And I thought like even maybe some of the fantasies and some of the things I wanted to do were bad 
um, and that, you know, God only approved of this type of sex. And so that if I wanted to do other things that they were wrong. Mm -hmm. And my husband did not have those hangups because of probably because of how he grew up. He grew up with a few of the messages as far as like waiting till marriage, but he didn't grow up with the shame like around sex. So it was hard for him to understand a lot of those things. Sure. But a lot of our best sex happened in like the middle of the night. Well, and I think somehow it it feels like uh, men don't struggle so much with getting everything all tangled up in a ball like women do. They're able to just compartmentalize and, and um, this is just, you know, one part of life and it's good. And I'm not going to let all of this other stuff mess (laughs) with it. They are beautiful, beautiful, simple, like simpler human beings. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What was the impetus to go after growth or healing in your sexuality? I did not think that we really had a problem. There were a couple of trans, like through the experience that I had gotten some bad advice um, that I had read from a book about just doing it for your husband. Mm-hmm. And so we had kind of gotten to the point where we weren't, you know, kids, honestly, after our first child, we did not have sex for almost a year. It was at least six months. And, and again, he is very, he was very respectful of that. You know, he never like pushed or anything, but it definitely, I'm sure had an impact on our intimacy and our relationship that I don't think I really realized. So when I started and we weren't really going to church at the time either, which had a, which was another, you know, kind of big thing. Mm-hmm. Once we started going back to church was when I started thinking like, oh, I need to do this for him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I made up my mind that I wouldn't turn him down. And I got it into my head that he couldn't, like, I didn't want him to masturbate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, just come to me and I'll do it, you know. And which was a good idea in theory, or maybe not even a good idea in theory, but that, that went on for too long and it had nothing really, even though he was in no way at fault because I, it was my idea. I was the one that pushed it. I still, when certain things would happen, felt resentment because I was like, why can't he tell that this is not enjoyable for me? Like, why is he still doing it? Um, And that left some big feelings um, going forward than around sex. So then I went the other direction, like Mm. pretty much the complete opposite direction of like, I'm only going to do it if I feel like it. (laughs) 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 Um, Which was kind of where I was at before I started the class. And we had, we had good sex, but it, it was completely on my timeline, which was maybe like two, three times a month. But I did not think that was a problem. Can we go back to this idea that you went through this period where you're supposed to just do it for your husband? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, like, what did that do to you as you went through that? How did it impact you to just, I'm just going to, like, white knuckle this, (laughs) top it out. I'm going to make sure that I fulfill his needs no matter what. It did a lot of things. It it made me feel worthless. It made me feel used. It almost kind of made me feel like because I had sort of gotten that message from a Christian point of view, it kind of made me think like, 
like, how does God view sex, like, and women and, you know, all of that, because this doesn't feel right. Yeah, did you like hear it in a sermon or read it in a Christian marriage book or like, where did it come from? I, and I know, like, there's so many places it can come from. But was it like this? Aha, uh -huh, like, oh, I got to do this. Yeah, it was either it was like an article, I think I read okay. from a Christian point of view. So then you transition to this time of on, <laughs> uh, only when I want it and I'm into it. Well, I think it was more subconscious. I think I abandoned that view. And was that better? Like, were you guys having better sex? Less out oh, yeah. better sex? Yeah, it was a thousand percent better for yeah. sure. Like I said, I never really thought there was an issue before mm -hmm. the class because it was, I mean, I knew that he would want it. He wanted it more. But there again, it was, I had, I was protecting myself in that I thought, well, if I don't want it, I don't want to get into that pattern again. Mm -hmm. um, so were I mean, you guys just, able to talk about things or was it hard to talk about sex? It was, it was pretty hard. I probably wouldn't have said that, but before the class, but that really was one of the things that was eye-opening for me about it. Um, Cause I feel like we're pretty adventurous, you know, like when we do, like when we were having sex, we weren't having vanilla sex. Like it was good, mm -hmm. but we didn't really talk about it. Mm -hmm. We talked with our bodies <laughs> and what, you know, <laughs> we're good with each other in that way, as far as what the other one liked. But right. um, no, we didn't spend a lot of time. He would bring it up. Um, when I had said no, like a lot in a row, sure. he would then get hurt and he would say something at the time. He'd be like, oh, you just don't want me. Oh, you just don't want me anymore. And I viewed that as more of a manipulation than anything, hmm. you know, because then I felt bad. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, um, and instead of really exploring that, I blamed him, you know, mm -hmm. that like, oh, you're making me feel bad. Yeah. So then uh, what was the next step in your journey after? So you did the, okay, I'm going to do it out of duty. And then you did the, okay, just when I, just like, I'm not doing it unless I'm going to be into it too. Mm -hmm. And then what was next? That was, that was really when we started the class. Okay. That brings us up to that really. And I would say the first like couple weeks of the class, like I was, and I did not do that because again, I did not think there was an issue with that with how we were doing things. I didn't really, I mean, I know that we didn't do as much as he wanted and I knew that it could probably be better, mm -hmm. but I thought he, I thought it was just, Oh, this is my sex drive. Like I really bought into that, I guess that idea. Yeah. So what shifted through the class? So, okay. So the reason I did the class wasn't yeah. because I thought there was a huge problem with our sex life. It was really because I think, and I think I shared this with you. It was because, I wanted to be more comfortable speaking about sex with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I had discovered that I was very uncomfortable with even using the correct terms and saying the word sex, like all of it. I was uncomfortable with it in the sense of the kids. And I probably was because I had separated it from God. I had still, even though I wasn't necessarily feeling a lot of shame and stuff about it anymore, I still there was still some, some issues with mm -hmm. how I thought about it. So I think in, in the way I, but I wanted to be more open. I definitely did not want them to have the experience that I had. So that was a big part of why I started the class. Now in doing the class, I realized that 
like the first couple weeks, like I don't, it was the first like three, four weeks are just aren't even really about sex. <laughs> like they are and they aren't. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so almost immediately, I was like, oh, like, I think the first class you even shared that that's how you had viewed sex, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had viewed it as like, we're going to have it when I want it. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, that's, that's not good. <laughs> Yeah, so that was very eye-opening, um, and it, and so then I really started taking the homework. I mean, like I said, I, I dive into things. I love learning. I love learning about things that I'm interested in, so I was very enthusiastic about doing the homework and um, just going 100% into it, um, but, like, it really brought up some stuff, and it was tough, and it was, like, going through a lot of that baggage, like, the, the week where we have to write out our whole sexual history. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was an entirely hard, hard week. And I didn't even want to go to class that week. Um, I really struggled like with, um, I like wrote it all down. And I know you had said that we were to share, you know, our, (laughs) what do you call it? (laughs) I call it baggage. Baggage. What did we, what's the term we came up with though? Uh, instead of calling it baggage week, call it breakthrough week. Breakthrough week. Yes. Yes. Um, which I kind of love. I've, I've used that with my last couple of groups actually. Have you? Yeah. I like, I really, I really liked that. Um, so, so yeah, so I went through, I like sat down and I wrote everything I could Mm. think of, um, about baggage that I had about sex and I struggled the entire week with what I should share. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot to do with um, something that had happened when I was in my 20s in my marriage that I was ashamed of still. That I like had my husband knew about that I had confessed to God, but that I hadn't entirely moved past. <laughs> and I definitely did not want to share. <laughs> um. And that was an affair I had. Mm. And, you know, we were really struggling in our marriage at the time. And I was struggled with being seen. And I was struggling with a lot of other things that had nothing to do with him. As far as like I had kind of brought up earlier about identity and worth. Sure. I had had messages like all throughout my life that I was not. I had very rarely been loved unconditionally. Like my parents and like divorce and stepmoms and navigating all of that. And my mom was not around a lot. And I lived with my dad. And I felt like I was really only loved when I was doing things right. And when I was behaving the way they wanted me to. Mm-hmm. And I had developed so much anger. I was so angry. That like when I was in a bad mood, everybody around me had to be in that mood with me. And I felt like I almost took that on as a personality trait. Hmm. And it shoved a lot of people away. So that I would try to hold on to things so tightly. Um, that I didn't want anybody to leave me. And I felt like I needed to be special to everybody. And you can't be. You yeah. 100% cannot be special to everybody. Or you wouldn't be special at all. <laughs> 
Um, so, so a lot of my journey leading up to taking that class was going through all of those things and finding my worth and my identity, not in my husband, not in my job, not in like attention I might receive from other people, but it was finding my worth in him. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Like, I had, I mean, cause I had tried every other thing that could possibly make me feel complete and it did not. Um, so going through, I, I ended up being last to talk in that particular class and it was completely ordained by God because I tell you what, has each person spoke, I identified with mm -hmm. every, I think every single one. And after they were done speaking, I believe you would pray like after each mm -hmm. one. And as you'd pray, I would feel the presence of God so much that like I would just break down in tears and I could feel I like I had gone through and I'd done a lot of work before this to, you know, put my worth in God. But that I had like these little strings, maybe is what I'll call <laughs> the little threads that that were broke that and maybe chains is a better word. I don't know. But they broke has like one woman shared about not feeling special mm -hmm. to, to people and to her husband. And you prayed and I like that broke. And um, then another one oh, shared about beauty, maybe feeling ugly or not smart, mm -hmm. um, not worthy. And just as each one spoke, all of those chains broke for me and each time until it was like my turn and it was just like wow I felt so free hmm. I remember that class pretty distinctly and I remember throughout the class like you just kept catching my eye and just wondering like what is God doing there because I could tell that there was, there were just like these shifts and these releases <laughs> of, of what you weren't supposed to be carrying. Yes. Yeah. That was, that, that was honestly, it's one of the, I can count on one hand how many times I felt God as powerfully as I did in that moment. In fact, I, it's only brought me to tears. That's the only the second time that I've like weeped like that, where it is nothing that is coming from me. You know, it's like, it's like uncontrollable. And I, I there was a message that I heard that said that God takes our tears. And, and I don't remember the verse, but it says that God, if we plant our tears, they'll result in joy. Hmm. or God takes those and all that pain throughout my entire life was shifted to joy hmm. and just being able to and I did I, I then confessed my deepest darkest secret to the entire class and the biggest thing that God I mean there's I can't even say the biggest thing but one of the things one of the epiphanies was that it did not matter what these people might take and what they might think. And I don't believe that any of them judge me in any way at all. But even if that, but that's like, let's say that's worst case scenario, mm -hmm. you know, that it didn't matter because 
God had taken that and he had thrown it as far as the east was to the west. And because of that, I was forgiven. Yeah. And you asked me then, like right after you said, so what does being forgiven mean? And I thought a lot about that, like since then, right? And I've read a lot of things about forgiveness. And I think that one of the biggest things is it means it makes it so much easier to forgive other people. Hmm. And, it, and there's so many verses that say, forgive as you are forgiven. But if you don't accept that forgiveness, how can you extend it to other people? Yeah. And it, I mean, it's such an unconditional forgiveness from God. Like it's not even dependent on what we did, what we've done to try in since that time to try to make up for it, how good a person, like just so unconditional. Yes, that was a big part. Yes, like that's such a good point because a bunch of the things that I had when I talked about the affair previously was I was so defensive in that wanting to explain why it happened and all of the things that made me look better you know, and I didn't feel the need to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you said afterwards too, I don't know if you remember this, but you talked about forgiving yourself for the first time. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that was part of that accepting that forgiveness, like mm -hmm. was just yeah, was forgiving myself. I mean, I had so many thoughts about that, so many regrets about it, that it like, oh, well, it, you know, now I'm forever that person. Or now I'm, that's forever in our marriage. And I had, um, how would I ever tell my kids? Or would they need to know? Or, you know, you know all, all of these things that that I was holding on to. Sure. And then I, I also, a big part of that was in my marriage, was feeling like, he was punishing me hmm. and taking things personally, but it really had more to do with me um, not forgiving myself. So I would take things he would say, and I would probably skew them hmm. um, because I felt, because of what I felt he was saying, instead of actually being able to hear him. And that is actually, that's a big thing that's changed in our marriage is me being able to try at least um, to to look into what he's actually saying and forgive him if he does say something that maybe he does mean it, you know, like that isn't great, but how many of those things have I said, you know, right. and, and being able to forgive him for those things instead of holding on to them. Yeah. Uh, since, since that night, um, have you noticed shifts in how you do life? Besides that, I mean, I, I, that's a great example of like just yeah. being able to give your husband the benefit of the doubt rather than thinking he's always got this resentment that's coming out, you know, um, even when he says he's not. But but yeah. yeah, are there other ways that you're like living life differently and that you're doing marriage differently? Yes, there is. We talk a lot, not just about sex. Um, we just because a lot of the assignments that you know, you had us do involved us just being with each other and um, exploring what the other one wanted. But like through that, we would just kind of end up talking and we talk a lot more about our feelings and 
how things make us feel <laughs> um, and just kind of hang out and said a lot of our times together before I think involved around TV and um, you know things like that and there's a lot more nights now where we'll just kind of chat yeah. or and, and a lot of the times we would have sex bef- like at 11 or 12 when you know like bedtime that kind of thing and and now we've kind of taken to like right after the kids go to bed or even sometimes they're watching a show and (laughs) there might be a little bit of time Um, but it's also it's affected other relationships I have as well Um, and other things I struggle a lot with anxiety or have you know and so that I'm doing more things that scare me I'm stepping out of my comfort zone um, and and being okay with that. Yeah. And it's hard. It's still really hard <laughs> to um, be uncomfortable. It's really hard for me to be uncomfortable. Um, but I am a lot better at going to God with those feelings and sitting in them with God and exploring them with God and realizing that they're not always bad, but, but really just giving them to him being like, well, I did that. That was embarrassing. So, <laughs> you know, let's, let's move on. God still loves me. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> how, how has your view of God shifted? How do you experience him differently? I see him has really has somebody oh I'm trying to think of how it shifted somebody that like really looks at me and sees all parts of me and loves me anyway and that I can't do anything to make him love me less or to love me more Mm. yeah another weird thing that I've kind of had an epiphany about is that he also loves us all the same and that has re- that has changed the way I look at other people too. Mm. Like really looking at it, like like we're all so special and so unique, but you and we're so also special. also broken. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We all have issues and we all have problems, and God loves every single part, like all of us. Yeah, totally. I guess the last I thing I'm wondering about is what you would want other women to understand from your story. So I kind of, I like thought about that question quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest things and is that this, the journey we're on is a journey. And it's it's not just a tra- trajectory, like straight up. It's, there's going to be shifts. And, and as, as I explained, the breaking of those chains, right? But what mm-hmm. I've discovered since then is that I, I can pick them back up. I could relink those chains if I want. Um, and and I don't want to, but I, that's that's not something like they're not just gone forever. Like, yeah, like we're uh, in a battle as long as we're on this earth. Yes. And yep. that is, those are our natural paths, paths that we like to take. Yeah. We are used <laughs> to. And another thing, and this is something I recently heard and it just completely changed my idea of purity. Um. Purity was always presented as something that we lose. That was something that, and just recently somebody explained it and it said, purity is actually something we gain. Hmm. It's something we gain as we draw closer to God and as we mature and 
and um, evolve in our faith. Mm -hmm. Like each step of the way, he makes us more pure in heart. Mm. Yeah, I love that. that Thanks beautiful? for sharing that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, any any anything else? I feel more myself now than I ever have. Hmm. Like I shared that I carried around so much anger and so much, you know, that I really felt like was a part of me. But um, when that, like, when I let go of that, I realized, wow, I'm actually like a fairly positive person. I like, I can be joyful. <laughs> I can be happy. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love uh, just thank you so much for sharing your story, for the courage. Um, I just think there's so much insight in it. And would it be okay if I prayed for you? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Father God, I just, I thank you for Hannah and her story, God. Um, I thank you for these moments in time when we know that you have moved and you have shifted and you show us what what life can be. But God, I also thank you for her commitment to the battle, knowing that we live in a broken world. And um, and even though we know you, you've moved, we still are in a battle. And we have to fight for the freedom that you want us to experience in life. And so God, I just pray for protection for Hannah and her marriage. Um, God, I just pray that you continue to work through her um, to fill her with joy, to give her opportunities to impact others through her story. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.